He wrote this on Facebook today. Becky and I would like to thank you all for your prayers on the behalf of our family as we continue through this current health challenge. God is and always will be faithful. I have found Psalms 34, 1 through 8 to be my go-to scripture passage time and time again. How about we read that? Psalms 34. Psalms 34. Let's look at that real quick. Psalms 34, 1 through 8. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in thee, Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. He goes on to write, If I could ask you to please pray specifically for the following. The restored use of my left foot. The inflammatory condition has basically made my left foot inoperable. I started taking a steroid Tuesday that is supposed to help. Friday morning I will meet with the radiologist regarding the brain mass. Pray that the treatments can start very soon. And then number three, the restoration of clear vision. Distance vision is still blurry and double. We are not sure if this is due to the mass of the brain or the inflammatory issue. And number four, I will be seeing a naturopath doctor on Monday. And so please, um, let's, let's pray one more time for Pastor Turner tonight. Father, we pray for Pastor Turner specifically that the pain and the use of his feet and legs um, would be healed. We pray that you would touch his balance, uh, help him with his walking. And Lord, we pray you'd touch his vision and help him to see clearly. We pray for the uh, appointment tomorrow with the radiologist. We pray, Lord, that the radiologist could give some hope that this treatment would be effective. And, so, and we pray, Lord, that it would begin soon. And we pray for the natural path that, that he would have insight into some um, natural things that Pastor Turner can do that would improve his condition. We know you're the great physician, and we pray for a complete and total he healing. Please encourage them um, during this um, dark valley. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I want to thank um, Brother Rob Bell and Brother Ming Wei. They, they got on the internet, and they found somebody to install a lift. And so um, Pastor Turner is going to be at church on Sunday morning. He's not going to be preaching. Pastor Tyler's going to preach again this week. Next week is their missions conference, and Pastor Turner hopes that he'll have some sort of uh, routine um, after the missions conference. Um, he, he only has about six hours, and then, he, then he's just wiped out. So um, 
if you could pray, keep keep praying for those things. But um, because of the lift, um, Mrs. Brother and Mrs. Deserpa will be here, Lord willing, for church on Sundays. So, and maybe some other seniors that have difficulties, um, and that'll help Anchor and Metro. Um, I know it looks like a fun ride, but no kids allowed. On I rode on it yesterday. I did a weight test, and um, it, it can support 192 pounds just fine. Okay, so um, anyways, thank you for doing that. And Miss um, um, Emily's got me an appointment at a church next Tuesday. So we're, we have an appointment next Tuesday at a church. Um, a church that said a couple weeks ago, we can't rent to anybody all the time. And so who knows what will happen there. And so, um, and Brother Richard, he's been out working for Anchor. And so it's, it's just exciting. Uh, we'll see what God does. And um, one, one church told Miss Emily, oh, our, our church is so full, I can't take your chocolates. And Miss Emily said, you can have our chocolates. So, um, so that's the way it should be. So, amen. Romans chapter 1 and verse... 7. Romans chapter 1 and verse 7. Romans 1 and verse 7. It says, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 3. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 2. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 1. Are you seeing a pattern yet? We're going to see more pattern. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 3. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 2. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 2. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. How about Colossians chapter 1 and verse 2? To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1 and verse number 1. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, 2 Thessalonians 1 and verse 2, grace unto you 
and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, first, um, that was Second Thessalonians. First Timothy chapter one and verse two. Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the, and Jesus Christ our Lord. Second Timothy chapter one and verse two. Second Timothy one and verse two. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Titus chapter 1 and verse 4. Titus chapter 1 and verse 4. To Titus, my own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. And then Philemon chapter 1 and verse 3. Philemon chapter 1 and verse 3. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your great desire for every believer is grace and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, that was Paul's desire for every Christian he ever wrote was for them to have grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, please search our hearts and may we have this attitude towards all our Christian brethren, those in our local church, those we rub shoulders with, those in other churches, may it be our desire that they would be the recipients of your grace and your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. That is every letter that Paul wrote in the New Testament he included that salutation, that greeting, that he wanted grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ for Christians to be the recipients of that. Now, what is grace? Grace is that which affords joy, that which affords pleasure, that which affords delight, Sweetness, loveliness, it means goodwill, it means loving kindness, it means favor. Peace, what does peace mean? Well, it, it, one, one of the meanings is national tranquility. You, you want to see that contrasted, turn on the news right now. In the Middle East, there is no national tranquility. There, there's usually never national tranquility there, uh, but it's really erupted over the last week or so. And, and you know, one definition of peace is when, when countries can live peacefully beside each other. People can live peaceably with one another. Um, it, peace also means harmony and concord. Isn't that a wonderful desire to have for people? Is that 
they would have peace and harmony and concord in their life. If they're married, that they would have a good marriage. If they have children, that they'd have good relationships with their children. You know, if they, if they have a job, they would get along well with the other people at work. Isn't peace a nice way to live? I don't like, I don't like war. I don't like strife. Peace also has the, the um, idea of security and safety. Security and safety. You know, it's a wonderful privilege to live in a country where, you know, you can, you can sit out in your backyard and we live, we have an alley that goes behind our house and a street in front of our house and so often we just leave our, we leave our door open, the dogs run in and out and, you know, to this point, have never had to worry about something bad happening. Now, I have to remind myself often that um, six feet from the back door, when my boys were delivering papers, from the back door of this um, building, there was, a, there was a targeted shooting, like six feet from where I leave, where, where we come into church. And so um, anytime we get too, um, um, what do you call it, um, proud of our, uh, of our peacefulness in Canada, um, th th there's, there's, um, uh, there's evil people in Canada. And there's, there, there's risks in Canada. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a, a young woman, or an old woman for that matter, and just walk in, in the dark nights and on our streets. You know, usually it's safe, but it just takes one creep um, to really bring damage and pain um, to your life. And um, my, my wife, she's, where she grew up, ladies don't walk at night by themselves, ever. And, um, and so she's still shocked um, in Canada. You know, it'll be 10 o'clock at night and a lady will be out walking by themselves. And um, that is a blessing that we can do that. But it's not always safe in Canada. It's not always safe. And it would be wise to err on the side of, of safety. It would, be, it would be wise. But peace, it also means this tranquil state of the soul assured of through salvation in Jesus Christ, and so fearing nothing <coughs> and, con and content with its earthly lot. You know, to have peace in your soul is to know that everything's all right with God. If I die, I'm going to be in the presence of God. I'm, I'm going to heaven. I'm not going to hell. Um, my God is um, here to take care of me, meet my needs, guide me in life. That, that, that is a precious commodity, tranquility in the soul. And the, you know, the focus of tonight's challenge is this is what we need to desire for everybody in our life. Everybody in our life. We need to desire for them grace and peace. This is a great evidence that the God of the Old Testament is also the God of the New Testament. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. The priests in Israel were to pray this for people. It's the same prayer that Paul prayed for every Christian that he came in contact with. Numbers chapter 6, 
and verse 22, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. Isn't that the same prayer? It's even more beautiful here in Numbers. It's, it's a beautiful prayer. You know, that would be, you know, any of these names on the prayer list, that would be a great prayer to pray for them. And I've, I've really... I've really appreciated the prayer helps that Pastor Tyler put together. Prayers that are listed in the New Testament that, that we should pray for people. Well, this is a great prayer that you can pray from the Old Testament. You know, Brother Kennedy. The Lord bless Brother Kennedy and keep Brother Kennedy. The Lord make his face shine upon Brother Kennedy and be gracious unto Brother Kennedy. The Lord lift up his countenance upon Brother Kennedy and give Brother Kennedy peace. Isn't that a great prayer? That's a great prayer. But here, here's, 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 here's the kicker, okay? What about the Christians that annoy us? Sometimes I annoy people. And what does God want you to pray when I annoy you, he wants, God wants you to pray, um, God, be gracious to him, give him peace. The fact is, the more people you get, the more chance someone's going to annoy you. And I think there are a few people in this world, they climbed to the top of the annoying tree, and then they fell out of it, and they hit every branch on the way down. And... Um, you know what, if, 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 if you're one of those people, God can help you not be so annoying. And I, I, don't, I don't have anybody in my mind right now as I look over the crowd. But we can all grow in grace. And um, the fact is, we all have annoyed people at times. But we're really good at forgetting how annoying we can be. But we're really good at noticing how annoying someone else could be. And so, when a spirit of annoyance fills up our soul, let's get this prayer out. Lord, pour your grace out on that person. Pour your peace out on that person. It'll greatly help your soul. Well, what about Christians that hurt us? You know, annoying is one thing. But when someone maliciously hurts us, I was talking to a pastor today, Pastor Rice uh, in Edmonton, um, he's praying about doing a John 3.16 outreach in Edmonton next summer. Uh, hasn't, he, he's excited about the idea, and in November, we're, we're, he's going to say yes or no on that. But I was talking to him, and, and he was talking about a young, a young couple that took a church in West Virginia, and the people were just mean to that young couple, just mean to them. And uh, he, he happened to be traveling down there a few years ago, and he visited, he visited this couple 
the same day they had to resign from this church. And they were just broken. They were broken. And, and the people were just mean. And he, he, was, he was happy to report. Last week he was in West Virginia to see his dad. And he got to go to that church, another church on Sunday morning where that young couple is now working. And it's a, they have a beautiful church building. The church people love them. And he was so happy to see them that God lifted them up out of the ashes. Because sometimes, often, often a Christian servant is going to endure at some point in their life some deep betrayal. I don't know why. Why God allows that in pastors' lives. But it's, it, my wife and I have noticed that. It, and it seems to happen when they're younger. It seems to happen when they're younger. I don't know if God's testing to see you know, what he can trust them with, but Pastor Rice was very happy to report they're on the other side of that betrayal. Okay, but what do you do when someone deeply hurts you? You know, do you break out David's imprecatory psalms and um, start praying curses upon, upon them? That's not what the Lord wants you to do. God wants you to pray for grace and peace to be upon them. Never hope for someone's failure. Never hope for someone's misery. Never hope for someone's destruction. You say, but they hurt me. Well, there were a lot of people that tried to hurt Paul. But, that, but it was consistent. He prayed for grace and peace upon people's lives. What about Christians that frustrate us? What about Christians that frustrate us? What about parents? What about children? You can poke your kids right now, Brother Kennedy. What about children that frustrate you, okay? Your kids ever frustrate you? Never. N not your kids, no. no. <clears throat> Sometimes we get frustrated with people because we look at their situation and we think there's a simple solution to their problems. If they would just do this or just do this, it's greatly going to improve their life. And then they, they don't do it. Or they got a big problem in their life, but they never try to get advice or help. They just think the problem's going to go away miraculously with no counsel, no advice, no nothing. I've spent my fair share of time with counselors. I don't want to face my problems. When, when the church, when the church of Jesus Christ provides resources to help its people, why would you, why would you neglect those resources? Why? Oh, it's sometimes so frustrating. So if someone's frustrating us that way, what should we do? We should pray for them. We should pray for grace and peace to be upon them. We should pray for them. You know, don't start thinking, well, they're going to reap what they sow. They're going to destroy their life. They're on the path to destruction. I, I see the writing on the wall. 
God's, God's principles and God's truths are going to come true. But we don't see Paul in the first two sentences of every, of every letter he wrote going, You're, you know, he even said that to the Corinthian church. You know, his greeting wasn't, you're a bunch of frustrating, carnal, frustrating Christians. No, that's not what he said. He said, I'm, I'm praying for grace and peace to be upon your life. I was speaking to a, a pastor, a pastor's wife um, sometime this year. And the pastor's wife shared the story about a wayward child, a wayward teenager. She told a story about one night the teenager didn't come home when the teenager was supposed to come home. And she was worried. And she was scared and, you know, she probably might, maybe could have been angry, disappointed, sad. And, but you know what the Lord told her to do that night? Get a piece of paper and just start writing down things to be thankful for, for my son. She said a lot of time passed and a lot of ink went on that paper. And my soul was greatly encouraged. So she decided, I, I don't know if she filled the page or two pages, but she wrote for a long time, and she thought, I'm going to go pray at my son's bed. She went to the son's bedroom. I think it was downstairs. They were upstairs, something like that. And when she got to the, her son's bed, he was in the bed. Sometime while she was praying, he came home. And years later, years later, this young man... He, he was involved in sports, and someone on the sports team came to see this pastor's wife. The, the, son, the son had um, dedicated his life to the Lord, actually went to Bible college, and, and, um, but this, this former teammate came to see uh, this, this person, and, and, um, and he said, you know what? Your son would never do anything really bad. When we, were, when, we were, when we were just about to do something really bad, he'd go home. That was, that, was, that was the first confirmation that that mom had got, that, that that child had been, he hadn't been living right, hadn't been honoring his parents. There was a lot of bad things in his heart, but he never, you know, he never got involved in real bad things. That's when he went home. And maybe it was mother's prayer. And maybe, maybe it was, you know, you know the night when, um, you know, she could have, um, you know, wrote him an angry letter. Instead, she wrote down a whole list of things to be thankful for. Grace and peace ought to be our chief desire for every Christian we know. And for that matter, every... Um, Every unsaved person we know. But in the context of, of these letters, he's writing to Christians and he's talking about our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. An unbeliever, um, God's not their Father. 
and, it, and Jesus isn't their Lord Jesus Christ until they choose to receive him as their Savior. Now, when we're praying for grace and peace to be showered on people's lives, um, how, does that, how does that manifest itself? Well, sometimes it manifests itself, itself in mercy. In mercy. Um, Psalms 136, that's the mercy endureth forever chapter. I think it says it in every verse, all the way through that chapter. And so when we're praying for God's grace and God's peace to be showered on people, I want to pray for mercy for people. I don't want to pray for people to get what they deserve. I'm glad I don't get what I deserve. Let's pray for mercy for people. Another way God showers his grace on, and peace on people is through provision. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God showers his grace. When we pray and for grace and peace, God, God gives provision for people. You say, but they don't deserve it. I know they haven't been tithing. They deserve some hardship. Why don't you pray for God's grace and God's peace? You probably don't tithe either. You say, I do, Pastor. No, you can't calculate all of God's blessings. I gave up on tithing a long time ago. Why? Well, I, this year I'll get $200,000 worth of pills. I get, I get a box of pills every month. It's worth between ten dollars and $15,000. So, the fact is, I'm not tithing on those. I'm not going to throw two, two and a half of them in, into the offering plate this week. I'm not going to do it. And I don't, I don't, I don't have an extra 20000 to tithe on, on that part of God's goodness. Now, I tithe on my income. I, I tithe on extra income I get. I try to calculate how God is... But you know what? God's blessed me way more than I can keep up with. So why don't we pray for God's provision in people's lives? Another way God's grace is shown, it's shown by the chastening hand of God. Sometimes when you're praying for grace, if someone's rebelling against God and you're praying for grace in that person's life and peace, guess what? The God of this... If God is answering your prayers, he's not going to let that person get away with it. Because for them to get away with it is to destroy their life. And so sometimes grace, praying for grace and peace is saying, God, give that person a spanking. Now, I'm not dealing out the spankings. I'm praying for mercy. I'm praying for provision. But I think sometimes... Sometimes we know the situation close enough and we just need to pray, Lord, would you show your grace and mercy and peace by, by giving them a spanking? You know, another way God shows, showers his grace is by exhortation. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. 
sounds like there's a, some guys are going to get together to eat tomorrow to pray for the building. I think when they get together tomorrow, they're going to be exhorting each other. That's like encouraging one another. And if you're here tonight, you, have, you are taking advantage of one of the greatest gifts of grace in the Christian life. And when you, when you stay home, when you should be in church, you're forfeiting a gift of grace in your life. You know, someone's smile, someone's encouraging word, someone's presence is sometimes all it takes to lift our hearts up. And it, you know, back to those Christians that frustrate me, it frustrates me when Christians don't take advantage of the grace that God wants to give them. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. Uh, we were, we were, the, the John 3.16 story team was very encouraged this week by Brother Andrick. He, he went to Bible school with Austin. They were freshmen together at Faithway Baptist College in 2016? What year? 2014? Good night. That's a long time ago. Wow. You're old. Um, but um, he was such a blessing. And he, um, he put courage in my heart. And I had, to, I had to pick somebody real quick because we, we were supposed to have Brother, Sal, uh, um, Brother Salazar here. He was supposed to come in May, and he, he was sick. He was supposed to come this week. He was supposed to be preaching tonight, and he was sick. And like two weeks ago, I asked Andrick to come, and I'm thinking, okay, Andrick, you've got to come on Monday. We need a new studio, and we, we need your help in the studio. And then we'll film Brother Salazar. And then Brother Salazar's not, not coming. We, we just spent 400 and something dollars on an airplane ticket for someone to come here, and there's nothing to do. So, um, so at the last minute, he said, I think, I, think, I think I'd like you to get away from the animated testimonies and just do more of a documentary type um, testimony. I said, okay, we'll try it. And where did I look? I looked across the room, Pastor Odom. Okay, he's got a, he's got a great story. And so, can you come film this afternoon? And he came over. He, he made Brother Jason cry. He made me cry. And I, I don't know if he made Brother Josh cry, but he touched our hearts just sharing his testimony. And then I came back like four hours later to the office, and they had 25 minutes condensed down to like 10 minutes. And it was, made me cry again. And um, just did a great job. Encouraged us. And I'm super, super encouraged about Brother Bonner coming. I, I, I reached out to Brother Bonner a year ago about helping us with some discipleship material for the John 3.16 story. And it just didn't, just didn't come together. Um, but I really, I really believe what God's um, going to do when Brother Bonner comes here is we're, we're going to record his life. And out of that life, 
he's going to give pointers to followers of Jesus Christ. He's not going to give long sermons. He's just going to, we're just, he's just going to talk about his life and things he learned along the way. And then later this year, we hope to develop some discipleship lessons that are, that are more formal for the website. Um, but because of Brother Andrick here, this new format, I think it's possible. We don't have to script it. We'll just let it come out of his heart. I, I don't know about you. He's one of the most exciting, exciting people to listen to, Brother, Brother Bonner. And I, I just really believe God is going to use this. But Brother Andrick exhorted us and encouraged us. And, uh, you know, Brother Josh told me last night at dinner, I was really encouraged the last two, week, uh, last two days. Um, you know, when we started the John 3.16 story, we started during COVID, and the consultant we hired couldn't travel because of COVID restrictions. And so they set up the, they set up the studio with an iPhone on FaceTime. And they're adjusting lighting and, and looking at gauges with a phone. Not the most proficient way to do something. So to have somebody here on site, it was an encouragement to Brother Josh, Brother Jason, to Pastor Tyler, to me, exhorting one another. And, you know, and Brother Andrew has a nice, nice personality, easy to work with. It was an encouragement. And so... Um, when we get together, we exhort one another, we encourage one another. And that is one of God's means of grace. Encourage each other. And you know another means of grace? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2 is loving rebuke. We don't like receiving rebuke. And most people don't like giving rebuke. Most of us don't like conflict. But sometimes God's grace and God's peace is showered on us through loving rebuke. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 24, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If peradventure, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. When we're not doing what's right, whatever it is, it's not like, oh, that, that's not that big of a sin. Fear was a big sin in my heart that was at the, at, at the root of depression. Fear. Oh, fear, that's not a big sin. Not a big, big sin is anger. No, every sin is big. Every sin can lead to destruction. And it's, it take, sometimes it takes someone in meekness going to someone who is in a snare of the devil and saying, get out of that snare. 
Now, usually you don't do that. It says in meekness. If, usually if you shake them or you know, uh, yell at them, it probably isn't going to be too effective. But sometimes God's grace and God's peace is showered on us by loving rebuke. What is your desire? What is your desire for the people in your life? Oh, let's follow this example and desire for them grace and peace. Even for those that, those that annoy us, hurt us, or frustrate us. We can be a means of grace in their life. And we can pray for grace and peace in their life. This was not only Paul's prayer for people. You can read Peter. And he desires the same thing. The Apostle John, he desires the same thing. Now, now, Pastor Tyler, I have always felt, and I always, be, I still believe, that Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. Are you, a, are you a Paul wrote Hebrews guy? Who, who? You don't know? Do you have an opinion? Not yet. He's smart, but my opinion's always been Paul wrote Hebrews. Marshall, do you have an opinion? God, oh, you're so spiritual. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Okay. Pastor Odom? Oh, okay, okay. The Apostle Paul did, didn't. John R. Rice did. Okay, so. Um, but um, where am I going with that? Okay. Hebrews doesn't start with that greeting. Um, I still think it was Paul that wrote it, but... Um, Every other book that he wrote or every other letter he wrote, it had that greeting in it. So, um, and like Marshall said, God wrote Hebrews. Um, I sure think it was Paul, uh, but um, I haven't spent more than five minutes of my professional pastoral career trying to figure out who wrote it. So um, maybe in your MDiv studies, you'll have to study that, and then you can, you can give me all the theory. When we die, we'll find out who wrote Hebrews. But anyways, I just thought that was an interesting thing. I never noticed that before today. So let's have a word of prayer. Father, Lord, help us to desire grace and peace for everyone in our lives. Lord, if we have a bitter heart towards people, a frustrated heart, Oh, God, help us to pray. Maybe we need to do like that pastor's wife did and, and just get out a piece of paper and write down things to be thankful for for that person and just pray for grace and peace in their life. Father, search our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. The piano will play.